Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Thank you so much for tuning in. Hope you had a great weekend. And uh, hey, another week. We're plowing through September. It's going by really fast. In fact, are we technically in the, not quite, we're not in the second half yet, but unbelievable. Let's open in prayer. We'll get to some of today's and this season that we're in in America, some of the topics uh, that we're dealing with. Father in heaven, thank you for another day. I, we, surrender to you, new and afresh. We pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that means in our lives, in our families, in our country, and God, um, we pray for the peace of Israel. Uh, We thank you that we had the opportunity to talk to Chris Quintana about that and, and Elijah Abraham and Um, So much is going on over there that um, our media ignores. And Father, help us. Give us the right information. Lead us to the right sources where we can get the truth about what's happening from a biblical perspective. Thank you for the freedom that we have to talk about these things. We do not take it for granted, Lord. And we thank you for this opportunity to, to encourage the remnant to challenge those who Uh, might be a little shaky on their doctrine and maybe have fallen for some of the world's ways, help us not to conform to culture, but to Christ and his will for us. We love you, Lord. We thank you for life, health, breath, and this day that you've made. You are faithful every day. In Jesus' name, amen. Philippians 2, 1 and 2 says, So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. I read this in my notes today, uh, in my Bible, my study Bible. Oh, Lord, I I wish I would have written it down, but it, it goes something like this. It was describing what the Apostle Paul was dealing with in a couple of the churches when it comes to false teachings or threats, threats to the gospel of Christ, and it's. I'm going to paraphrase this idea and this principle from Scripture and the life of Paul and others like Jude and James, and it goes something like this. We should not sacrifice unity. I'm sorry, we should not sacrifice truth for the sake of unity. And I thought about that. I'm going, wait a minute. This is dealing with the, the church and what is true and what is not true. And there's no really gray area there, right? It's either biblical or it's not biblical. It's either of God or it's not of God. It's either the spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit, or a spirit of Antichrist, an unholy spirit. I believe First John says that we are either children of God in this world or children of the devil because it shows a spiritual dimension. Now, that's just a setup to today, and I just want to encourage you again. Do not sacrifice truth for the sake of, quote, unity. Because what some are preaching in the church and in culture, they're not preaching unity to be united around a common uh, faith or theme or idea. They're preaching uniformity. What's the difference? Unity is uniting around a common cause and having similar beliefs where you can lock arms and say, let's go attack. Let's go forward. Let's hold the line defending God's truth or truth in culture or absolute moral absolutes. Uniformity would say, hey, you need to work together with us. You're not being uh, compliant or you need to conform to what we believe is the truth. And if you're not conforming to what we want, you are um, 
stoking the division and disunity. We need to understand this, friends, understand the times and discern what's happening in our church and culture. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the world's ways, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So did I, did I explain that clearly enough? Because it's so important. I don't want to move on until you get it. I'm still trying to process it. Do not sacrifice truth for the sake of perceived unity. That means in the body of Christ. That means politically. Oh, he went there. Shoot. Five minutes into the podcast, he, he talks about politics. Show them no mercy, Christian, politically. Pray for their souls and their salvation spiritually. Be a good neighbor and love them and encourage them mentally, emotionally. Give to them financially, those in need. But show them no mercy politically. Why? Because as we've been talking about this whole year practically, there's a global movement against Christ and his truth, which is the foundation of America. And who right now represents America? A man in the White House that there's a lot on the other side that are saying, all they're saying, all they know is orange man bad. Orange man bad. I don't care what you say. I don't care about his policies that, that are pro-Israel, pro-life, pro-religious freedom. I don't care what he's done for the economy, for the black community, for Hispanics. I don't care what he's doing, you, you know, so, re, uh, prison reform. I don't care about any of that. Orange man bad. Well, we need to know how to have these conversations with people and don't unify around something that is not biblical. Don't give in. Show them no mercy politically. Can you tell I'm stirred up today? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm stirred up. Okay. Um, we were going to talk about a little bit more about this Netflix idea, not idea, issue, problem, cultural cancer. Um, cancel Netflix, by the way. It's trending on Twitter. And um, why? Because, well, 10 and 11-year-olds twerking and, talk, and, and suggest, dancing suggestively and sexually. No wonder. Hashtag cancel Netflix is a top trend, not only in the UK, I believe in the United States now. Thank you, Lord, for technology and social media. There are some good things where we can boycott perversion and garbage and soul pollution. Only you can prevent soul pollution. So if you haven't heard Netflix's cuties, uh, there's a backlash now, which rightfully so. Hollywood thinks it's a great art, a product of art. But we need to understand what's happening. They are sexualizing our kids younger and younger. This is not even in the public schools. That's a problem in and of itself. We've talked about that so much. And we're talking about our culture, about entertainment. And this is not even about primetime television, which has got its own problems and issues. If you are a Christian with taking in that soul pollution, because you have, as, as a parent, you have some control over that. You have a say. You can contact the Parents Television Council, PTC. You can contact Family Research Council, get informed on what up to speed. If you're in Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Family Council, Illinois, Michigan, all these different states around the country have a family organization, a pro-family conservative organization that is about family values. Now, there are some things we can do um, as citizens when they pump poisonous refuse and garbage into our living rooms or in, through your iPhones or through your computer, right? Um, number one, <laughs> this is really tough, friends. Cancel Netflix, period. Oh, dead air. That was on purpose. That's because I wanted you to think, oh, but there's so many good things. I don't know. I don't even know how to get Netflix. I, I'm not sure if it's on your iPhone, your computer. I, I think you can get it on your TV, Spike, can you get it on your TV? Yeah, so I guess you can get Netflix. So it, it's not like a channel. If you've got uh, DirecTV or Dish or anything, it's not a channel you can subscribe to, is it? Is it a, it's online. It's an online thing. Okay, so that's Netflix. So cancel Netflix. Number two, post to social media exactly why you have canceled Netflix. Are you ashamed to say you want to prevent young people and children from being 
infected by garbage and perversion and promiscuity and homosexuality and 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 sexual experimentation and uh, you want to protect children? Well, in this case, they're 10 and 11 year olds. Oh my gosh. Lord help us. We have You know why you're you're kind of going, "Ah, I yeah, I know this is a bad thing, but if you're saying this is offensive, but then you may be part of the problem. Why? Because we have been desensitized, friends. We have been desensitized in America in the United States of entertainment. While that world-famous idol out there on the West Coast that stands for Satanism, narcissism, adultery, systemic exploitation, homosexuality, rape, pedophilia, ritual abuse of women and children, violence, anti-Christian values, pride, celebrating sin, perversion, rebellion, glitz, glamour, and godlessness. That sign, that monument should be torn down, and that is Hollywood. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know what got into me today. I, just, I only had oatmeal for breakfast and not, not as much coffee as I usually drink, uh, but it is good, strong coffee at our house. Um, but this is just, if we can't get passionate about this, what's our problem? Uh, Jesus would flip over the tables. I think he'd flip over a couple TVs. And computer screens. And I think he'd, uh, what do you think he'd do if he went through Hollywood, Jesus, if you gave him 40 days? He was on the earth for 40 days after he was resurrected. What do you think he'd do in that 40 days if you put him out in California? Of course he'd preach the gospel. Of course he'd go up on the hill and evangelize. But do you think he'd uh, tear down some of the monuments? I don't know. That's a good question. Just let's not speculate. But back to this idea of what we can do. Um, Cancel Netflix. Post to social media. Why? If you don't have the guts to cancel Netflix, then, I don't know, keep giving your money to them, but tell people why you don't approve of this particular show. Or it's a movie. No, it's a show. No, it's a movie. Cuties. Um, Get involved with the missions. There are people around the country. um, I don't know. Heidi St. John, Elizabeth Johnson, people we've had on this program Parents Television Council, Movie Guide, Plugged In Online. There's people that do promote the truth and, and tell what's happening so you can decide what to do for your family. So make sure you're following some of these good outlets on social media or you go to their websites. If you're not on social media, God bless you. you there's a lot of garbage on there that can infect you and your family, but it is a place where we can promote the truth and take a stand for righteousness. I'm sick and tired of people who are neutral on things that would send children to hell. I'm sick and tired of people who are just saying, let's not talk about it. It's uncomfortable. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm really fed up with it. I'm fed up with the church for not speaking out on these things. I'm okay. Pray for me. You can donate to organizations that are fighting this sexualization and the destruction of the morality of our children. You can donate to some of these organizations. We've talked about this. We did a program. I have to pull up our website. And I can do that because I can do whatever I want while I'm on the air. So here it is, StandUpForTheTruth.com. I'm going to tell you exactly what day we did a full program on it. And uh, we had Linda Harvey on September 10. And the title of that was Systemic Sexualization of America's Children. That was September 10. Systemic sexualization of America's children. Pull up that one. Um, the church has avoided the culture for too long. The church has avoided the culture for too long. The church has avoided the culture for too long. Shame on you, pastors and religious leaders with no backbone. Shame on you, mom and dad, to let your kids be infected by this garbage, this pollution, this cancer, this perversion out of Hollywood and the entertainment industry. And shame on you, politicians who were elected making promises that you are pro-family and you haven't done a thing while you're in office. Well, friends, elections have consequences. I'm going to... That's, that was free. That's in the garbage. I'm going to go on to the next topic. And the next topic is um, 
What's going to happen to our free speech? If the Democrats take over in Washington uh, in November, all it takes is one law, and that would be maybe a hate crimes law. That would take just for something like the Equality Act to pass. We've talked about that on this program. You can go to standupforthetruth.com. Upper right-hand column, there's a search in the right-hand side. Just type in Equality Act if you want information on that. You need to be up to speed because it is not going away. So in this article over here, um, Christian, it's Christian today, not Christianity today, which some consider Christianity astray because it's, I don't know who's running Christianity today now. But um, in this article, it says, Police warn pastor over Facebook post welcoming cancellation of Pride event. For those few of you that are still listening to my rant this morning, this pastor was warned by police that he could be breaking the law after he wrote on Facebook that he was glad the local gay pride event had been canceled due to COVID-19 or whatever. Um, August 13, so a month ago, and I don't know why this article just came out <laughs> last week. I don't know, but Pastor Josh Williamson wrote, Wonderful news. In the comment section below a local news outlet's Facebook post reporting that a Pride event was canceled. Wonderful news. Okay, when another Facebook user asked why the news was wonderful, Pastor Josh Williamson responded, because I don't think sin should be celebrated. (gasps) Ooh, did you hear what he said? Ooh, how controversial. The 34-year-old then, uh-oh, he wrote a longer response on his personal Facebook page where he wrote, Hallelujah, we prayed at our prayer meeting on Tuesday night that this event would be canceled. And by the way, let me parenthetically insert, if you don't know what happens at a gay pride event at Disney World, Disneyland, in the streets of our cities, and anywhere else where they have them, the nudity, the perversion, the sexual gestures, the just the offensive signs and displays. If you don't know, I don't, you know, I'm not sure what to tell you at this point, guys. I mean, maybe look it up if you trust your search engine. Look it up, and if you can stomach a couple search results. I just don't think we should be naive about this anymore. I think burying our heads in the sand because the world's gone to hell and culture is a cancer now. I don't think for Christians the way to respond is just say, yeah, I don't want to do I'll just deny it. I don't want to talk about it. Let's not bring it up. All right, you don't care about your children then. You don't care about this generation. You don't care about this country. Um, so here's what he, the continue. He said, hallelujah, we prayed at our prayer meeting on Tuesday night that this event would be canceled. We also prayed that the Lord would save the organizers. Did you hear that? Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for our enemies. They are, God's, they are enemies of God, enemies of Christ. They are antichrist. They're s- selling smut and perversion, and they're pushing it on our culture, on our kids, and they have taken over the public square Stand up, speak the truth in love, but pray for their souls. Pray for them to be saved if you have an opportunity to share the gospel with them. So he said, we also prayed that the Lord would save those who organized the gay pride event. One prayer answered, he said. Now we wait for the second prayer to be answered. Following his comments, Pastor Williamson and his wife received death threats, violence. Calls were made for his church to be burnt down. We'll continue this article when we come back, and I'll try to calm down. Critics, no, I'm not going to, actually. I'm not going. Those of you that are still listening, I I think we're on the same page, aren't we? We are the remnant, friends. Understand we're in the minority, but we can still make an impact. One person can make a difference. And if you're willing to take a stand and speak the truth in love and not back down from culture, but get the gospel out there while we still have breath in our lungs and free speech in this country, please, let's unite with those who would do that. A lot more coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Don't go anywhere. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. The 34-year-old pastor, Williamson, uh, continued in his post, and, and he said, one prayer answered, now we wait for the second one. And then he got all these death threats and received threats of violence just because he said he was happy that a gay pride event uh, was canceled. And um, critics also threatened to protest at his Sunday services and seek to have the church's uh, nonprofit status revoked. <laughs> now, I guess he's from Australia. And critics are also threatening to have him deported to Australia. Is this not tyrannical? There's, you know, memes that go around calling the LGBT the gay Reich. Uh, because they're, it's a little tyrannical, isn't it? They're, they're saying well, it's fascism, I guess. But anyway, um, then D-E-V-O-N, Devon and Cornwall Police, a sponsor, a sponsor of Cornwall Pride, Um, told him his Facebook comments could be breaking the law. They also suggested to Williamson, a pastor at New Way Baptist Church, that he confine his views to a, quote, safe environment. And this is reported by the Christian Legal Center, which is assisting him. The organization said police also told him not to offend anyone in the LGBT community in in the future to avoid breaking the law. Pastor Williamson said, My family and I and our church community have been very concerned by the level of anti-Christian abuse and threats of violence that we have been targeted with over the past few weeks. As Christians, we seek to speak the truth in love and would readily welcome all people to our services. The Bible, however, and I pray to God you're listening right now and your pastor would say something like this, because he already said they're praying for the salvation of the gay pride organizers. The Bible, however, proclaims a message of repentance which calls on all people to turn from their sin and to trust in Christ. It would therefore be unloving for us to remain silent about what God's Word says in relation to human sin, including all forms of sexual sin, all forms, Adultery, pornography, lust, homosexuality. We therefore, no, I inserted that, right? He just said, including all forms of sexual sin. We therefore must proclaim that the truth, homosexuality is a sin, but that God loves sinners and Jesus can forgive our sins. Does your pastor talk about this one issue? I know there's a lot of issues we could be discussing. In the first segment, we talked about the. Um, destruction of our morality and the poisoning of the minds of our children and the exploitation of 10 and 11-year-olds. Boy, talk about a pedophile's dream, though, huh? That uh, movie on Netflix. Um, so I hope your pastor would say the same thing. I see nothing wrong with this. And if you do and you call yourself a Christian, please read your Bible. Please ask for God to open up your heart. Please ask for God to speak to you about the whole counsel, the truth, context of Scripture. And um, if you have a, give me the BCV, book, chapter, and verse, if you think this is wrong. And again, I'll go back to his original statement where, um, let's see, one prayer answered. Okay, hallelujah. We prayed at our prayer meeting on Tuesday night that this event would be canceled, the Gay Pride event. We also prayed that the Lord would save the organizers. What's unbiblical about that? Okay, so you, you're okay with that. His celebration of an event being canceled and that God would save the organizers. What if there are some <gasps> LGBT Christians? They're saying they're... So what if some of them are Christians? Now you've got yourself a problem, don't you, brother, sister? Now you're saying, oh, now some of these gays and lesbians are saved. Or, oh, I guess they're Christian. Now you can't celebrate the cancellation of their event, this gay pride, smut, perversion, pornographic, illicit, vulgar event. You can't celebrate the cancellation of it because now there's some uh, gay Christians involved. No, seriously, we have to know how to respond to these things because it's taken over 
the conversation in our culture. They are using the most ridiculous defenses to their positions, and Christians are falling for it because we don't need to. Ha- we don't know how to stand against this from a biblical perspective. So, at the risk of being redundant, I'm going to read his comments again, and you tell me, email me comments at standupforthetruth.com if you can tell me what is unbiblical about this approach, what I just read. And then he said, as Christians, we seek to speak the truth in love and would readily welcome all people to our services. The Bible, however, proclaims a message of repentance which calls on all people to turn from their sin and to trust in Christ. It would be unloving for us to remain silent about what God's Word says in relation to human sin including all forms of sexual sin. We therefore must proclaim the truth that homosexuality is a sin, but that God loves sinners and Jesus can forgive all of our sins. And then he says that our church is made up of sinners who have been forgiven by a wonderful Savior. Since this is the case, we invite all people, including the LGBT community, to come to our services and our desire is that all would come to know and love Jesus. Andrea Williams, chief executive of the Christian Legal Center, said it's becoming worryingly common in the UK to see threats and calls for violence against Christians for voicing their simple opposition to LGBT pride. And as we know, what happens in the UK or what happens in Europe doesn't stay in Europe. What happens in California doesn't stay in California. What happens in New York City doesn't stay in New York City. It infects the whole country. It affects the culture. What happens in Hollywood and on Netflix and HBO and going down the list does not stay in Hollywood. God will not be mocked, but he makes it very clear what a person reaps what he or she sows. If you reap to the flesh, That's what you will gain, the flesh. If you reap to the Spirit, you will gain the Spirit. I paraphrased Galatians 5 or 6, sorry. Um, One more quote, we're done. Police forces should show Christians they take this seriously by protecting the free speech of Christians against mob threats rather than by seeking to keep Christians quiet. If you just tuned in and you missed what I said at the very top of this program, We should not sacrifice truth for the sake of perceived unity. And all it takes is a Democratic administration to be in power and a couple executive orders, maybe just one, maybe the Equality Act to be passed, uh, maybe just one hate crimes law like in Canada. You cannot quote scripture about homosexual sin or you can be arrested. It's a hate crime. Well, they're pushing hate crimes legislation. Remember the SOGI laws? Sexual orientation, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, S-O-G-I, SOGI laws. They were pushing a couple years ago. I wrote about that in my book, Redefining Truth. You think they're just going to, oh, okay, they, it didn't pass this time. Bye, thank you. We'll, we'll, move to, <laughs> we'll move to China. I don't know. We'll move to Canada. We'll move to Venezuela. We'll go away. We want socialism. We want globalism. We want one one world government. We'll let you guys alone, America, because we didn't pass that one bill we tried passing. Do you think the left plays like that? We better wise up, friends. This is not just a political battle. This is demonic at its core. It's a spiritual battle. I'll put that article in today's podcast notes at standupforthetruth.com. Okay, you don't think um, they are starting to influence us? The power is influence. That, that's important, right? I mean, Jesus said to be salt and light. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Um, have we preserved the culture? No. <laughs> are we shining the light on a culture? No. But here's just one. I just ripped this off the Internet today and printed it out. 22% of evangelicals believe in gender fluidity. Did you hear what I just said? 22% of evangelicals believe in gender fluidity. This is a new survey showing that one in five 
I guess, professing evangelicals. I'm not sure if people can define what that is anymore. But a new survey showing that one in five believes in gender fluidity. It suggests that many Christians are following the culture instead of God's word. All right, that's over at Christian Headlines, if you'd like to look that up. But it's Lifeway Research under the State of Theology. It's a poll that was conducted, released September 8, which is uh, almost a week ago. So 22% of U.S. evangelicals, gender identity is a matter of choice. So the good news, I guess, if you can call it good news, because it should be 100% if you know the Bible, because uh, either God is and he exists, and God created them male and female, or not. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry to be so black and white. No, I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but it says three-fourths of American evangelicals disagree um, that gender is not fluid. It is binary because that's what the Bible teaches, and that's what science and biology teaches, and DNA and everything else. Um, so that's all I think we need to say about this one. But LifeWay defines evangelicals as, you ready? Individuals who affirm these four statements. This is how LifeWay sums up what is a, quote, evangelical. So we're clear on this. Number one, the Bible is the highest authority for what I believe. Number two, it is very important for me personally to encourage non-Christians to trust Jesus Christ as their Savior. Hope you agree with that. Number three, Jesus Christ's death on the cross is the only sacrifice that could remove the penalty of my sin. And number four, only those who trust in Jesus Christ alone as their Savior receive God's free gift of eternal salvation. That's the gospel. He died for our sins. The wrath was satisfied. God's wrath was satisfied. We don't have to pay for it because now by, by believing by faith in Christ alone, we, we are, are the righteousness of God in him because of what he did, not what we do. So the percentage of evangelicals um, who believe in gender fluidity, it, it's interesting. It has changed. Uh, the good news is apparently four years ago it was worse. I didn't know this. Wow. And I don't know what changed it either, but uh, it was 10% more four years ago. 32% of evangelicals apparently believed in gender fluidity. Now it's 22%. So <laughs> we got to find a ray of some positive news in, in a just a, bah. you know, you got to look for the positive, right? Okay, Lord help us. If uh, there's some related polls, though, we don't have time to go into them, but uh, 62% of Americans say, Americans, not just Christians or not evangelicals, 62% say Jesus is returning to judge everyone. You know, there. I mean, I agree that I'm glad it's 62% of Americans. I wonder how many Christians are in that, but... Wow, it doesn't reflect, does our culture and our country and our entertainment industry and our politics, our government, and our does that reflect this? That 62%, that's a majority of Americans say Jesus is returning to judge. Well, <laughs> they're not living like that, but I guess they believe that. Wow. So Peter writes, uh, what kind of people ought you to be? <laughs> if you know this is true, that Jesus is returning to judge, what kind of people ought you to be? In other words, how then should we be living if we know that truth? It's a sobering thought based on the truth of Scripture that Jesus is returning to judge. So I want to go back, go to Second uh, Peter chapter 3 now. And it started at the beginning. It says, this is now the second letter I'm writing to you, beloved. In both of them, I'm stirring you up in your mind by way of reminder that you should remember the predictions of the holy prophets and the commandment of the Lord and Savior through your apostles. Knowing this, first of all, scoffers will come. Scoffers will come in the last days with their scoffing following their, old, their own sinful desires. They will say, where is this promise of his return? Where is this promise of his coming? For ever since the fathers died, fell asleep, all things are continuing as they were from the beginning of creation. For they deliberately overlook this fact 
that the heavens existed long ago and the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God. What did that just affirm in the New Testament that God is the creator of the heavens and the earth? You've got to go back to, is he creator or is he not? If you believe he's the creator, then how could you not believe that he created man and woman, male and female? Verse 6, and that by means of these, the world, ha- the world then existed. Let me start over. Let me go back to the beginning of that verse. For they deliberately overlooked this fact that the heavens existed long ago and that the earth was formed out of water and through water by the word of God, and that by means of these, the world that then existed was deluged with water and perished. But by the same word, the heavens and the earth that now exist are stored up for fire, being kept until the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly. But we do not overlook this one fact, beloved, that with the, the Lord one day is as a thousand years and a thousand years are as one day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise as some count slowness. He is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. Verse 10, ready for more sobering news? The day of the Lord will come like a thief. And the heavens will pass away with a roar. The heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved. And the earth and the works that are, that are done on it will be exposed. Verse 11, which I paraphrased earlier. Since all these things are thus to be dissolved, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness? waiting for and hastening the coming day of God, because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved, and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. Another translation says they will melt with intense heat. Verse 13, but according to his promise, we are waiting for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Praise God. You can read more about that in Revelation 19 through 21 the new Jerusalem, the new heavens and the new earth coming down, and we are waiting for our blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I guess it's a good thing that more Americans would would say that, yeah, they agree Jesus is returning to judge everyone. Now we got to make that translation into living what we believe. If we believe that, how are we living now? That's our challenge for today, friends, as the church. I know as the remnant of the body of Christ listening, you are on the same page. We've got a lot more coming up on Stand Up For The Truth. Keep it right here, please. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Hey, hope you're having a great morning and hope you're uh, continuing to uh, Listen to my rants here this morning. I just got stirred up, and I hope you understand that sometimes things get triggered, and you've got to just say, we need a wake-up call. I've done a sermon before in Revelation 2 and 3 where Jesus warned the lukewarm church, and we've drawn many parallels in America with that Laodicean church that's lukewarm, and and we can debate that all day long. But if if you're thinking that we're not where we are supposed to be as a church and as a nation— Spiritually, uh, uh, politically, culturally, uh, everything from our education system to entertainment to um, unity, and you know what I mean by unity, uh, then I think we've got these conversations have to be had. But um, there's something that a brother of mine posted on his Facebook page, and uh, it's Crash, uh, the program director here, music director. And by the way, I've got Spike in here with me. I want to bring him in for this last segment because I want to talk about for King and Country. Um, they put on a phenomenal concert last night. I thought it was just powerful. The content was great. The show was professional. I don't know how they did it four nights it was, in a row. Yeah, it's amazing. So kudos to those guys. And um, I was so exhausted. I almost didn't want to go, but I know my wife loved them. So <laughs> I took one for the team. But Crash posted something yesterday, Spike, and I get your comments on this, and then you can bring up what you, what you talked before we yeah. came back on air about what uh, the lead singer for King and Country, what's his name again? Luke. Luke. Crash said, he, I drove past a homemade yard sign, and it says this. You ready, friends? 
90% of you will get this and go, you scratch your head. It says, vote decency, vote Biden. <laughs> I'm sorry. So I w- what I would say to that, <laughs> what I would say to that is define decency and someone like that, first of all, pray for their salvation. Yeah. But someone like that, you have to ask them, okay, could you please tell, <coughs> excuse me, tell me how you justify Joe Biden's stance on abortion, on uh, homosexuality, gay marriage, on socialism, on all these policies that would hurt the family, hurt the church, in fact, um, persecute the church and Israel against it. It, it, go all down the list of policy. Don't talk personality between him and Trump. It's not about personality. This is about a worldview that will either take down the country and the church eventually, or it will give us a little bit more time to share the gospel and the free speech. So what do you think about that, Spike? Vote decency. Vote Biden. Do you think this person, obviously that's against Trump, I guess, because Trump, I guess, is indecent. Uh, but if you look at his policies, I, we all have a past. If yep. you look at Trump's policies, and we don't need to get into that. Again, we've been talking about that for weeks now, and I hope you are too because we've got an important election coming up, friends. But maybe they, do they really, could they, maybe they really believe that Biden is a decent man. If they believe that, that means they've only been paying attention for a couple months when Biden yep. is trying to come off as a very uh, um, um, humble unifier and a... A, he's coming off as light and Trump is dark. Right. And that's what he, they've been promoting. They're pointing to Trump as darkness and the Biden campaign. We, are, we want to be light. We want to be vote decency. So what are your thoughts when you hear that? My thought, the way I look at it is you've got so many people that are so anti-Trump. They're so on the opposite side anti-Trump. They can't see. They can't see anything else. Huh. So they just Trump bad. As you orange said, man bad. Orange man bad. Yeah. So no matter what it is, it's better than Trump. So Biden's decent because he's not Trump. And I think that is 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 the left look at it right now. Anything, anything but Trump. They don't care what it is. They're going to take a blind eye and look at it. They want decency, but they want Kamala Harris as vice president. Yeah. Oh boy. And we did a show on that. By the way, I'm going to standupforthetruth.com. If uh, you want to go there and check out our extensive um, expose on Kamala Harris, we did that about a week or so ago, a week and a half ago, and it's called Kamala Harris and the Demonic Democrat Platform. You just said something that that made me think. Um, Anything but Trump, ABT. Yep. Well, we're in an ABC culture now. It's anything but Christ. Right. And I could sum up the Democrat Party platform as an ABC platform. Anything but Christ. Yeah. I don't understand, the even if you, someone calls themselves a theologian or a pastor or a religious leader, how you can justify from Scripture going down these platforms of uh, sanctity of human life, marriage, religious liberty, uh, Israel, God in government, Supreme Court, sex education, uh, social experiments in the military, uh, open borders, uh, socialism, terrorism. I, I, it's ABC, anything but Christ. Right. So, And I'm willing to hear your rebuttal, friends. You can email me anytime, comments at standupforthetruth.com. So th- that kind of a sign doesn't confuse me but I wonder what they mean. I think you, I think you hit it head on. They are so blinded. And doesn't it interesting say? I think third, first or second Corinthians says the minds of the unbelieving have been blinded. Yeah, I think this is the yep. truth. Um, I feel bad for that person. Well, I do. If they are that unwilling to look at facts and policy legislation that will end up affecting them. Yep. Because even if they are on the left, if even if you're a hardcore Democrat if they implement these socialist policies and there are some communists yeah. in our government, there are some for, that promote the Muslim Brotherhood and they're connected with, there are some people who really, you think you, think you hate America? <laughs> there are some people who really want to take this nation right. down really and are. it will affect you. So 
I know you're not going to change your mind, Mr. and Mrs. Democrat. Um, actually, no, there may be one or two percent that some. are open-minded. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's that the um, undecideds or the independent voters who could sway. sway Which astounds way. me. I saw an interview on TV Friday. I think, oh, my goodness. I don't remember what show it was. There's three people on, three voters from. Okay. It may have been New York. I don't remember. Three voters that were undecided. And they're kind of waiting to see. And they're listening to what the what Trump is saying and what Biden is saying. And they, they just kind of think, well, I just want them to say something that's going to convince me to vote for them. And I'm going, okay, right. please don't vote. Yeah, if you're that irresponsible either. to not look at the past, the party platforms, and the policies and, that will affect us, and you, you have track record, look at the Obama administration and look at what the Trump administration have accomplished. And Obama did a lot, in right. my opinion, damage. A lot of damage. Their, their policies were very successful and so were Trump's. Trump did a lot, yeah. I believe, good for the country. Um, so look, if you're that irresponsible, if you're waiting for a sentence that's going to say, hey, yeah, I like that slogan, <laughs> I think I'll vote for that person, please pl- go vote by mail or stay home. Right. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you vote by mail, it might not get, not get, get counted. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay, Spike, you said something very good. We've got five minutes left about uh, something that uh, Luke said. Luke Smallbone from now, What's his brother's country. name again? Uh, Joel. Luke and, Luke and Joel. So who's the one Who's the one with the ponytail? Luke. No, then it was Joel, the white jacket. Here's okay. the white shirt. I think, man, I, I get those two mixed yeah. up all, all right, the well, time. come on now. You're, you're a music guy. I am, I am. <laughs> uh, so the lead singer for For King and Country. Yep, the lead singer. Um, called lead singer. It was, a, it was a really good introduction to the, work, to the song together. Yes, it was. I really love and respect what he said. And he was very neutral the whole night. Nothing controversial between yep. songs, nothing political or anything. But he did say that we've got to come together. Here's the challenge that I was telling Spike before we got on this this uh, segment here. What we were trying to hammer this home, friends, show the left or show the enemy of God, enemies of Christ, enemies of America, show them no mercy politically. But here's the balance. We are to love them first and foremost. Yes. Love, love God and love our neighbors. We are to pray for them. We are to share the gospel with them. We want them saved. Yep. As much as they might hate you and hate us, they, might, they need the gospel. They need to be saved. Love them. If they're in financial need, give to them. Blow them away. Yep. They, they know we're at polar opposites politically, but do something kind for them. Blow them away. Heap yeah. burning coals on their heads, as the Bible says. Try to bring them to Christ. Exactly. But show them no mercy politically because— their view and their vote will help contribute to taking down a country that we need to try to defend here. And we're defending truth first and foremost, defend the gospel, but we've got to defend this great republic under under God. So you pointed out what he said, and did you say something else about how he put it? I thought it was a very good point that he made. You're thinking now. Uh, yeah, now I'm, I'm thinking. I don't I don't. Well, here's, here's it was such the, a great, you know, the great show all together. Thank you. Uh, praise God because— I don't know what what got up my sleeve today, or I think it's the passion of the Holy Spirit, and I think it's the urgency of the hour that we're we're in in America. But here it is. We've got to balance that. Love your neighbor, whether they agree with you or disagree with you, regardless of race, creed, gender, sexual, you know, um, what do you call it? Sexual Sexual identity, preference, preference. love. We are to love. But that doesn't mean we back down from speaking the truth. Right. Remember that first article I shared? This is what happens when we back down and back out of culture. Police warned a pastor over a Facebook post yep. who just said he was thankful. Hallelujah, this gay pride event was canceled. But he said in a prayer meeting they were praying for the organizers to be saved. Yeah. That's, a That's a loving approach. Yep, I've got friends and family who are left. Who they're they're going to vote Democrat. I know they are. They, they've no matter what. They've made it very obvious. It's And they're ones that are just... Anybody but Trump. Yeah. And but that, I still love them. Yep. They're and still we, my friends and yes. family. I still respect them as human beings. And that's what's important. Here's what I see a lot of uh, Christians, conservatives, Republicans can disagree. Yep. And we can agree to disagree. We can still love them. But I think I find it more often than not, it's the intolerant left who preaches tolerance that cut us off, that unfriend yes. us, that don't that put up their hands, don't want to talk about the issue anymore. Yep. It is really unbelievable. They are such cowards Hypocrites. when it comes to 
public discourse yeah. and having these conversations about things that matter, policy, things that will affect us, legislation, and they just throw up the orange man bad. And Anyway, um, I just got a couple texts. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, <laughs> God bless you, brother. Speak it. I'm, I'm speaking it. We've got a minute left. So we've got to be about God's business. But we, are, we have a dual citizenship, friends. Philippians 3.20 says we are citizens of heaven. But guess what? We're living on this earth. You know what the Apostle Paul did? He stood up for his rights as a citizen and said, don't you dare beat me without a, right. without a fair trial or arrest. And then at another point, he said, no, I'm not going to go on trial before this biased jury of the Jewish leaders. I appeal to Caesar. So the Apostle Paul stood up for his rights. Should we not as Christians be standing up for the rights we're blessed to have under the Constitution? Uh, anyway, if you believe in the laws of nature and nature's God and how the country was founded, I think you're with me on this, that we need to defend truth, the gospel, morality, absolute truth, I should say, and, of course, the religious freedoms that we have. That means in how you vote, the policies that are implemented. We've got to be speaking about these. We've got just over a month to do it, friends. And then there's a big election, and whoo-hoo, heads will roll. No, I'm kidding. All right, we <laughs> We're going to wrap it up when we come back. Stand Up for the Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now we wrap up today's Stand Up for the Truth. Oh, if you just joined us, uh, <laughs> you are so fortunate. Um, I was just on a, I don't want to call it a rant because it sounds like it's unproductive. I think the first two segments today, uh, my passion got the best of me, and I'm not going to apologize for it, but I'm going to say, if you disagree with me, I would love to have a conversation with you. I would love to talk about these things from a biblical perspective. I love uh, Seiko Woods. Uh, give me the BC and V, book, chapter, and verse on how you justify whatever platform, idea, policy you are trying to defend. Yeah, defend it from Scripture. I don't care about the media talking points. I don't care about what Trump or Biden says at this point on, in a campaign commercial. Shut them off. Shut the news off. Go to your Bible and know the policies of the two parties. I don't know where that came from, Spike, but here we go. Um, tomorrow, we're going to have a double whammy. Heather Weininger from, from Wisconsin Right to Life will be our first guest. And then Julaine Appling from Wisconsin Family Council will be our second, second half of the podcast tomorrow. So, bam! Uh, life, family, faith, freedom, liberty tomorrow. Um, Wednesday, we're going to do another interview with with um, Chris Quintana and Elijah Abraham, a post-prophecy conference interview. And you'll hear that as we talk about Israel and the peace plan and other important issues. New uh, guest from Michigan, a pastor, Eric Jackson, on his book, Feral Christian. That's on Thursday and on Friday. Todd Nettleton, Voice of the Martyrs. Thank you so much for tuning in. God bless you, and keep speaking the truth about things that matter.